time. It's time. So get your popcorn ready. It will be political. Political. It will be biblical. Biblical. We must stay vigilant. We must remain watchful. So sit back and put your feet up because you're about to learn to discern the truth. Welcome to the Watchmen. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watchmen Podcast. My name is Casey. It's so good to be back with you guys today. Today is Thursday, December 7th, 2023. The title of episode today is going to be called We Cannot Comply. We cannot comply. We cannot comply with totalitarianism. We cannot comply with communism. We can't comply with socialism. And we can't comply with what it all stems from, and it's turning your back on God and ungodliness in our country. Uh, before I get into what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk. We're going. I'm going to touch on some of the news going on. I'm going to touch on an RFK video I watched a little bit ago uh, that I highly recommend everybody get out there and watch. I mean, it just reveals truth after truth after truth. What's been going on for years and years, not just now. And also, I want to talk some more about my time in uh, prison. I had mentioned on the last episode that I would get to a couple guys, a couple other Jan Sixers that I, excuse me, that I met in there, but I never got to it. So I'm going to do it this time. I hope to let a little bit more about this information out every episode that I do. Um, put out an episode a couple days ago with Daniel Goodwin. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go do that. He also was a Jan Sixer. Um, he helps with stophate.com great organization. Um, They're free speech activists. We should all be, regardless of what side of the aisle you consider yourself. Um, But anyways, go where to find me is uh, I'm on Instagram, the underscore watchman underscore podcast. I'm on Twitter, uh, Casey underscore Cusick. Um, I am on what else? Spotify, the Watchman podcast, Watchman with an E. I'm on Rumble, same, what the Watchmen podcast, as well as iTunes. Um, also, if you want to support the podcast, thank you to those of you that do. I can't say it enough. Every time I come on, I want to re- reach out. Thank you for those that have helped support me and my family through this whole thing. Um, but if you're interested in supporting and you haven't already done so, um, or if you've done so and you forgot, uh, it'll be in the description box below. My Venmo is Casey-Cusick-5. Um, also my Gibson go to help towards my appeal and the cost of living with my family right now for my family with what we've been going through, um, is it will be in the description box below as well. And, um, I think that's it for that. Uh, so the other day I posted on my Twitter page, which is where I mostly post everything, um, that I was going in for probation and I wore my let's go Brandon shirt and all these crazy crazed government workers come out and start hitting me with horrible comments and loser. My dad got another postcard yesterday in the mail that said Trump lost loser. It's funny how the devil will hit and hit and hit and hit on a lie and hit on a lie. Oh, but he loses. He already did lose. He lost. And all the ones that are against God, they all lose too. So we do have that to look forward to that. Unfortunately for them, you know, they, they will lose and they already did lose. Joe Biden didn't win the 2020 election and anybody with a half a brain knows it, including these liars that keep promoting that he did. So anyway, uh, so I get on probation, but I just want to share a little bit about, I want you to understand what this is even like, especially for what I am being accused of, charged with their charges. Now they're there on my record, but we have to go every month and fill out a monthly supervision report because the government is now supervising us. I'm telling you right now, this stuff should not be done to criminals that actually have committed horrendous crimes. Our justice system is broken. The only people that need to be on supervised release are Congress, the prosecution for the department of justice, Where are they spending their money? What are they doing with their time? Where are they going? What clubs are they attending? What kind of perversion are they into? So anyways, we have to fill out every month our banking information, how much money we have in our account, 
how much, um, you know, you, you pay for your bills. Uh, they're going to check your credit report. Say every six months, you're not allowed to open any new credit. It's so evasive and so disgraceful. I'm disgusted to be an American citizen at, at some of these, t- when I'm going through some of the things that I've had to witness and see that our government does to people and the people that deserve it. Congress, they're spending money every day on what? Does, does anybody even know? They're sending billions to foreign countries while they spend millions and billions to supervise American citizens. It's a disgrace and on every level. And it's not right. And, uh, you know, it's just having to do that every single month and deal with all those things. You know, we're not allowed to travel for anywhere for the first 60, 30 to 60 days, I guess, once you get on probation so they can fill out your, what they call case plan. So the government wants to know how much money you have, how much money you're spending, because they want to make sure that they get their fine money, their $3,000 fine that they charge, a bogus $3,000 fine, by the way, $500 restitution on something I didn't touch, nor did my father. And uh, they just want to poke you and squeeze you to get their money back. And then to be honest, they want to do it because it's a totalitarian government and they want to know everything you do all the time. They want to know where you're at. That's why they gave us iPhones. I mean, that's just common sense. Think about it. Eve was deceived by the serpent. And what had happened? She bit into the apple. You know, whatever your theology, you want to believe whatever it was, what it was. But think about it. A bitten into apple. You have an apple iPhone. What does it have on the back? A bitten bitten into, you know, a bite out of an apple. Oh, I don't worship Satan. I don't bow to him. But yet every single day you bow to that phone, looking into it. You bow to Satan more than you realize when you subject yourself and you comply with the way things, the way they want things and the way they've done things to us. Unknowingly, mostly. That's that's the whole reason that I have this podcast, because I hope to share some information maybe to help you guys wake up to the reality of what's going on. And what's been going on with our country. And so, uh, you know, moving forward from that. Yeah. And and really, you know, I just want to touch one more thing on it because it's like, you know, it it sounds like I get upset about it, but just think about what this is like. Over walking into and out of the Capitol in less than 10 minutes. I mean, the the guy I had in my podcast the other day, Daniel Goodwin, he walked into the Capitol for less than less than a minute and they've got him on supervised release dealing with all the same things. They want to know all your assets, all your money, so that they could seize them at any moment in time. And to think that that's, it's just, it's really crazy, you know. I want to tell you that the difference between communism, capitalism, and socialism, capitalism, what happened was it was infiltrated. They ruined it. Big government, big corporation ruined it so they can deceive the little idiots that go to these what you're now seeing in these har I mean these Ivy League schools, the perversion, it's it's not just there, but it spills out into all universities. The perversion that they've been poisoning your kids with that you've been paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to allow them to be poisoned, by the way. But capitalism's total private ownership, market forces, class distinction, production for profit. All that does sound great, but it doesn't sound great when the when there's a one percent of people that get a hold of all that money and then they monopolize everything. So therefore, it is no longer capitalism; it's a false form of capitalism. Because then, what do you have? Oh, they're going to preach socialism to you. Well, socialism sounds good. We can limit the private ownership. We can gov- the government and private entities. We can limit cult class dis- distinction, production for social uh, uh, needs. It's all. BS. It's all BS. It's just the process of getting us from a free country, which they've done a pretty darn good job. Infiltration instead of invasion. They didn't have to have our country invaded by, they infiltrated. It didn't have to be, you know, a war invasion. So then from there we go, oh, let's go to socialism. Bernie Sanders. We got to get Bernie Sanders. I met a guy in prison. They all called Bernie Sanders. He was one of the Funniest guys I've ever talked to in my life, but a complete fool when it came to political things. Trump's going to set us back 50 years. I mean, we I think I went over a little bit of that on my last podcast, but communism. 
What is it? No private ownership, central government, no class distinction. What do you think they tried to, they're trying to do to the, get rid of the middle class? So there's no class. There's only an upper class and a lower class. And then by then they'll run the upper class. So they'll only will, it'll be just us and we'll all be lower class and a product production for basic needs. Oh, they'll give you a place to live for free. They'll give you your food for free, but see, that's what that's prison. They gave us a play, a bed. They gave us a place to eat, which was complete trash at the highest level. This stuff's not even edible foods that they're getting into the kitchen back there. They say on the box, not for human consumption, the meats, this is what they're feeding people. Not one human deserves this. Congress does. Congress deserves every bit of this stuff. They're the freaks that get away with all the lies and the deceit and the deception while they sit there and make all these laws towards these, you know, I told you maybe 70% sex offenders in this place. Everybody up there is one of them in Congress. And worse, they're doing worse things behind closed doors and their little secret meetings that they all go to. But here the average American is being charged with atrocious, outlandish charges and sentences. It's unbelievable. You know, I've heard for a while about the indigenous people. You know, I didn't know much about any of that, but then I started learning more about it because I met somebody that was indigenous inside, has a native, you know, inside the prison. But they're, 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 their stuff goes straight to the feds. So, you know, what in the state level would be tossed out as a stupid, you know, nothing case have if it because they're indians it goes to the federal level and and guess what there are mandatory minimums on these things and these mandatory minimums are not short sentences for the crime that is committed this stuff has to get fixed prison reform is such a necessity and i don't see how everybody on every aisle Every side of the aisle would stop this. You politicizing the Justice Department. This is insanity. This is what our Constitution was meant to stop, but yet it's still going. And the average person doesn't have a clue about it unless your family member's been in prison or unless you yourself have. It's insane and it's not right. This can't continue. Our country can't continue on this path that we're on. It's just not possible. So I I guess I'm going to go first with the RFK video. I posted the RFK video. It's a little bit of what's going on in the news. You know, we got all this, everything in the news is all about, you know, who's Trump going to choose for a running mate at this point, who gives a flip? Let's just get to the election. Are we even going to get there or what are they going to try? I mean, I, I don't want people to be deceived when they try and cheat again, because they will, the machines are there. Matt Gates responds to Kevin McCarthy's end of year resignation, leaving Republicans with only a one seat majority. Don't let Matt Gates fool you. He hates Jan Sixers. He's a liar. Everything he said is a lie. He lies. He, like the rest of them, are looking for political gain and political power. We're tired of that. McCarthy is a disgrace. I mean, he has no business representing. Who in their right mind would want a man like that representing them? in any way, shape, or form. So anyways, um, you know, that's just small stuff in the news. There's nothing even important, in my opinion, that should is even worth chatting about other than they're going to try to start talking about the Biden impeachment for the trillionth time. They didn't have to have any info on Trump to get him in, impeached, but they're pulling out stuff that they've already got more things as far as for a sitting president as far as impeachment is concerned than ever before, but they're still not sure if they're going to do it. You guys are being toyed with, man. I don't know how else to put it to you, but that's the reality of it. So in this video, I just, I posted it on my Twitter page. I highly recommend you go in there and check it out. He starts out talking about Operation Paperclip, which most of you know, you know, it's nothing new for the truther movement. We know about the German scientists coming here after World War II, but he also implements the Japanese scientists that were doing more worse things. And it's just some pretty interesting information. I highly recommend you get out there and check out that video. I mean, he talks about virus creation. I mean, how many of you understand that virus creation is, is all human? Like there is no such thing as a virus outside of human creation of it. They don't just exist. And to know that we've been doing that for, they've been doing this for years. I mean, listen to the video. It's a 20 minute video. It's a short 20 minute video. It'll blow your mind. 
But to think that they're out there creating viruses, I mean, cancer is a virus, man-made. It has a patent number. AIDS, man-made, patent number. Why are we creating viruses for what purpose? Why, why is nobody asking these questions? He lays it out. He lays out the Patriot Act, what they did in 9-11. He lays out that there was two senators, Senator Leahy and Senator Daschle. They were against it. They're Democrats. I mean, whether it was theater, I just don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, then all of a sudden he lets out that there was an anthrax um, letter that was sent to, to Capitol not long after they were you know, standing against the Patriot Act. Who was it sent to? Those same two senators' offices. Where did they prove it came from? Fort, I want to say he says Fort Detrick. I think that's a one, the one it was. I can't remember what it. It's in the video. And this is the place where the CIA has been doing this stuff for years. This has been going on for years and years. And the average American has no clue. It's a sad thing when your government's out to kill you. I mean, they're doing that to us that from the time we're born as children, trying to stick us with these vaccines full of these viruses that they claim that we need in order to keep us from gaining the viruses. It doesn't even make any sense. Oh, but anyways, so, you know, it is, it is extremely, extremely important to watch that. He also talks about mind control, MK ultra mind control and what they've done and how they did it. And they did it at that same military base. Well, now it's spilled all over the world. But if you go listen and read that, it's pretty telling. It was interesting to see Roseanne on with Bill Maher and she straight up told him you're under MK ultra. I don't know anything about that. She goes, that's because you're under MK ultra. And he goes, what's that? Nah, that's the mind control program you're under. And he goes, huh? A, he's lying. But B, there you go. It's being exposed. So we just got to pray God it continues to be exposed. And we, the average person, needs to talk more about it with people that don't know about it. So going back to, you know, aside from that, I just go listen to that because I can't do it enough justice other to tell you about it. You need to listen to it for yourselves. Going from there over to continuing, you know, talking about prison. So, you know, I got through the first few hours and I didn't realize it was going to take me that long. And uh, so today I'm going to go into a little bit more and then I have a short message at the end just to encourage you through these times that we're living in. So anyway, you know, the average day, you know, you wake up there. I, I've gotten a couple responses from people that I was actually imprisoned with family members, and they want to know what the average day in the BOP is like. Well, an average day in the BOP was pretty much, you know, they come in early in the morning. Gosh, I want to say, of course, they walk, they do walkthroughs all night long because there is some shenanigans that go on in there from the inmates. But anyhow, so they come through probably starting, hmm, I guess lights go on about 5.30 or 6, and uh, they do their walkthrough, because they do turn the lights out, at least there, um, you know, during the night when they come in for the count at the end of the night at 9.30, at that point the lights go out, and uh, they turn them back on again about 5.30 in the morning, and then you go Breakfast, I think, normally is around 6.30-ish, anywhere from 6.15 to 6.30. It's some of the nastiest, stinkiest eggs you could ever imagine in your entire life. Imagine eating eggs that smell like sulfur every single time you go. And every bite, it doesn't matter. It just so stinks. It smells like old, rotten eggs. That's what it smells like. The milk, they give you cheap 2% trash milk, which the guys in there, by the way, just devour because... It's probably healthier than drinking that nasty water. When you go over to the water machine, you know, where you stick your cup under and you seemingly it's filtered. But from what I've heard from people that work in the kitchen, the thing's covered in roaches. It's covered in roaches. Now, there's a law, supposedly, in the kitchens of these places that if there's any kind of standing water in the floor that you're not allowed to serve anything or serve food until they unclog or stop, unstop the butt the pipe, excuse me. Now I knew of a couple people that worked in the plumbing at the prison there. So 
they can't lie and say this isn't true because they I was there whenever they had had it gotten it fixed. But they said that it got up to three, two or three inches of standing water in the floor while they're trying to prep food for the day. That's disgusting. It's inhumane. This is inhumane. Just, it's infuriating. Most guys don't go to breakfast. I'm going to be real honest with you. Some do, I guess. But the most part, I guess dinner would probably be the most crowded meal as far as being in there. Um, but some days they do breakfast for lunch and some days they do breakfast for dinner and it's disgusting. They give you French toast, which is disgusting with syrup. That's nasty. I mean, there's nothing to look forward to when you go in there for those meals. Now the guys that had been previously in County or at state prisons before they got to there that were had a higher level of security Oh, they said the food was much worse. Some of them would get molded bologna sandwiches, and you'd have to pull the mold off the bread. Um, I mean, just disgusting, disgraceful things that you wouldn't even – I mean, you're sitting there drinking water that's infested with roaches. I mean, they're some of the most disgusting, diseased animals out there. So after breakfast, though, you know, you go out, they start letting people go out for what's called a move. You know, you had the move, you had to go outside or come back in on a move, which was every hour on the half hour in the mornings and then every hour on the hour in the evenings. And then they would let you go out at seven, starting at 730 to 830 and then 930 to 1015. They do a then they do a yard recall where everybody that was out had to go back inside before lunch and then lunch would start anywhere from you know, around 11 o'clock, 10 30, 11 o'clock, something like that. And if I ever hear the word chow again, the rest of my life, ugh, it just reminds me of how disgusting. Cause that's what the guards would come down through there and say, chow, you know, I'm going to tell you a side note here that believe it or don't believe it. You know, they have a list of the way it's supposed to go. And they're supposed to be at times, you know, each unit gets to go first because there are times crazy enough that they run out of food. And if you're not there, you're just out of luck. You can still get, they don't usually ever run out of like the side dishes they give you, which are black beans, nasty green beans that you've, it'd be like if you picked up a leaf outside, I don't think it would taste any different without salt on it. And, uh, what else would they give you? Sometimes rice, um, you know, sometimes, I don't know, it just depended on the day. I guess every day it's different, but there was always a side dish as well as whatever the main dish was. So the unit that I was in, because it was, now the guys that were in there would say it was because they were sex offenders. Me, I personally don't know whether that's true or not true. Um, but there is the truth that almost every time we got last, even days that it was supposed to be our day to go first, we would get to go last almost every time, or at least not first. Now the guys in there say it's because that they're what their charges are. I do know there are, man, there's a lot of things in there that some guys that are charged with things that they maybe shouldn't have been charged with. You know, I'm nobody's judge. I'm thankful for that as far as you know what these people have been charged with but i've told you that there are some in there that are unjustly charged and i can't imagine what it would be like to have to battle that mentality that you're for life going to be registered let let life bleh, that you are for the rest of your life going to be labeled a sex offender every step of your life some of these kids and i say kids because they're in their early 20s and this is something that they're going to be labeled with for the rest of their life. You know, there has to be a better way. I think that there should be individual, that some of these cases should be individualized. People should be, you know, they do nothing to rehabilitate any of them, even if they were guilty or had a serious fetish problem. They don't do anything to rehabilitate the guys, you know, and I mean, just to be honest, I just believe that there are some guys in there that have been there multiple times for the same thing. And it was a lot worse than pictures. I can tell you that. And, you know, on that, you know, after the first time, I don't think you should be getting another chance. If you mess up that with that instant, with that thing, particular thing, you know, there, that there's some, that's pretty bad. Knowing. 
But, you know, there I don't know what the answer is for the situation that those guys go through and the things they have to live with. But I do believe with all my heart there is some other way than the way that we have it because our Justice Department's broken. They do everything they can. So when I got out, I had to fill out all this paperwork for probation. They ask you all these stupid questions to see what kind of a mental psyche you have. All the They're doing everything they can to get you to realize you're a criminal. Do you understand me? It's like they're just in your ear telling you over again, you're a criminal. Do you understand me? Do you understand that you're a criminal? Now you have criminal charges. You are forevermore a criminal. And they want that mindset and want that mentality into you. And it's terrible. It's terrible. And the crooks are the ones telling you you're a criminal. Congress makes these rules and laws, and they're the ones promoting it and pushing it while they're protected from all of them. It's disgraceful. It's just disgraceful at the highest level. Whoever the media tells you not to like, you ought to like. Whoever the media tells you who not to listen to, you ought to listen to, because they lie about everything. They literally lie about everything. I don't think there's anything they tell the 100% truth to or tell us about. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy last night blasted three of the clowns. In fact, they're all clowns. I hate to break it to all, every one of them, including him, are a clown. But at least he had the guts to say January 6th was a setup. It was a setup. It was a setup. It's, it, it's just more and more obvious. And for some of us, it was obvious all along. But back to the food and back to, you know, what's gone on with some of these guys, you know, it's just, it's really hard. You know, I, I was so impressed with some of them, how they were able to still seemingly and talk and enjoy. I mean, you don't have a choice. You know, that's another thing about being in there. You know, you settle in. And I hate that. I hate that that's even a thing because it should be an uncomfortable thing because that's not life and that's not living. And they want you to settle into that, like being on watch and being supervised and supervised release and all this garbage. And it just, it's just not right at all. Oh, I could go on for days about that, but I'm going to try to move forward from it because it just, it really stuck to me, stuck with me in regards to some of those things. You know, there's areas where you're allowed to go, there's areas where you're not allowed to go. And they give what's called shots. You know, it's something that they can dock, dox you with if you have time, good time that you've worked off, you know, or gotten your sentence reduced because you've taken certain classes or education classes um, that you're able to, they're able to take back your good time if you've earned any because you've gone out of bounds. And, and granted, listen, there is a lot of times where those, some of those COs tell the inmates 40 times, Hey man, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't. Well, after a long time, then, then they finally say, Hey, you're in trouble because I've told you so many times. And all of a sudden it's their fault. It's not their fault. You know, they're out to get them and all this stuff, which it's not for the most part, that isn't true. I mean, I guess you can't, I can't say it's that it always isn't true because I'm sure there is instances I heard. I heard one story about a guy that worked in the kitchen that really was mistreated by an officer. And it was really hard to hear the story and the things that he did to him and said to him. And it's disgraceful and it's unmerited and it wasn't right. And, uh, this is one of the gentlemen that I met in there that bunked next to me. He's a kid, man. He's a great, I just felt for him every single day. I felt so bad that he has to deal with this every single day, in essence, for the rest of his life. And um, I did my best to encourage him and tell him, man, don't let this define you. But it's so hard for that not to define you when you have to report, report, report on your life, report on your behavior, report on your where you go, where you work, what you do every day, how where you spend your money. Who wants to live life that way? honestly. And I think they set it up for us that way. They want you to get to where you, there was a kid that killed himself that lived in the cell that lived in the very bed that I had to stay in. I didn't know it when I got in there, but later on come to find out because he couldn't live his life being in se a sex offender for the rest of his life. Supposedly he was mistreated by an officer in there that was reported and got in trouble. 
I wasn't there for that. I don't know. It was only hearsay for me, but there's a lot of things that go on in these places. And from what I'm gathering, the guards are all sleeping together. They're all swinging swingers if they're married. One of them's been married to two or three different guys in the place. And these are the people that are responsible for you and that are watching over you. I just, just, it's not right. But you know, one thing that I really do want to get to before, I don't know why some of this seems negative today. (laughs) I don't really mean for it to be. I just want people to understand how real this stuff is, what you're dealing with when you're in there. But I met two J6ers, Robert Dennis and Thomas Webster, two great men. Man, I'm not saying they were the only great men in there, believe me. As I told you when I first walked in, I'm walking into a unit where there's nothing but child, mostly child molesters in the back. It's got, you got nothing but illegals that are there. And I mean, it's overwhelming at first, but you know, as I, as time went on, I grew to understand that these guys are people. They're just people. Some of them screwed up, but they're still just human beings. And so, like I was telling you before in the mornings, you know, I would go out, I'd walk the track and I just especially those first couple of days, like I would really go out there and just walk and walk and walk and walk till I couldn't walk anymore. And, you know, I'd just be praying in the spirit, you know, praying out God's plan, you know, for my life, for, for other people's lives in there. And, you know, it was where I just kind of had this revelation in there, you know, this isn't living, but this, this isn't hell, but this isn't living. And it was like I God, the spirit of God showed me a revelation of, you know, when Jesus went to hell, he saw what hell was. He knows what it is. He was there for three days and three nights. And, uh, he conquered it. He defeated it. But you know, it's it, it, it's God's will that none none should perish, and that's why He sent Jesus in the first place. Because He knows, no matter what we do on this earth, we don't deserve hell. We don't. And there is a way out, and it is through His Son Jesus, and it is through forgiveness of sins, and it is through receiving Him into your heart. There is no other way. Except a man be born again, Jesus said, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. How do you be born again? you got to be born into the kingdom, just like we were born into this world. It's a simple prayer, Romans 10, 9, and 10. You can pray at any time. All it takes is, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I need a Savior. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're Lord and Savior over my life. I'm saved. I thank you for it, Jesus' name. Amen. It's it. You're saved. From that moment on, you don't ever have to wonder if you're going to heaven or hell. You're going to heaven at that point. It doesn't mean to live your life any which way because it's like getting married. You don't want to live your life to yourself when you're married. You know, you begin to live your life unto your wife and to provide for her, to do. I mean, we don't need to provide for Jesus. No, but we do need to obey his commandments. I mean, first John, I want to say it's in first John where it says, if you love God, the Bible says, if you love me, meaning God, you'll obey me. You'll obey. So, and no, that does not mean totalitarian governments. It's not talking about if you love me, you'll obey the totalitarian government. There's so many idiots out there that argued all this nonsense and these shutdown lockdowns by the government back in 2020. Boy, were they wrong, but they still argued it and quoted Romans 13 over and again on us. So anyways, back to Robert and Tom. I'm not forgetting. So as I was there for the first couple of days, you know, everybody I would meet be like, oh, man, you're Jan Sixers. A couple other guys in here that are Jan Sixers. I'd be like, oh, OK, you know, I'd love to meet them because I really had that in my mind before I even got in there that that I was going to get to meet some Jan Sixers. It, it, hopefully, I hoped because Texas and Florida were two of the top states where they've, you know, had the most arrests for Jan Sixers. So, first guy I get introduced to, Tom Webster. I want to say, yeah, and I, and I went and sat with him and chatted with him for some time, you know, as I finished my meal, if that's what you want to call it, that night. And we got to talking, and I just got to encourage him and tell him, man, this can't, you know, just different things that we talked and chatted about. And then I, a couple days later, you know, there was another guy and they, somebody brings over to me, Hey, this is another Jan Sixer. Oh my gosh. Well, I just became real good, close. You know, you kind of have a bond there instantly in regards to that. If you've gone through any of what they've gone through, of course, they've gone through a lot more 
harsh things than me. One of them, Tom, was sentenced to 10 years in jail, and I highly recommend you look up his case. It was police brutality. Robert's case was police brutality. He reached in trying to stop the police from beating a woman over the head with a nut. I don't know. You want to call it a baton, nightstick, you know, billy club, whatever you want to call it. It's the metal ones that they can fling out and that are real long and uh, hit a woman in the head. This is his story. I'm conveying. He tries to step in, you know, a couple things happen. Next thing you know, he's getting pushed down to the ground by the police, beaten brutally, bloodied him up pretty good. And uh, last after they did that, then they put pepper spray right in his face and sprayed it all over his eyes. They arrested him that day, but were unable to take him in because the other cops there agreed that he needed medical attention. So they had to let him go with a warrant for his arrest, which, by the way, they never even showed up at his front door to tell him anything about a warrant for his arrest until July so think about how long that was. And even then, they came to just question, and he told them what happened. Then they showed up back again in October with about 40 cops to arrest him. Are you, I mean, are you people hearing this stuff? This is, this is normal? This is insanity. These caseworkers, I mean, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. How could you do this for a living? How do you want to do this for a living? There's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. Tom Webster, former NYPD cop. You know, I know his story. I didn't know it at the time, but I now know his story. And it's appalling that this was allowed to go on in our court system, which, by the way, is corrupt as anything. He goes and sets before the the judge, you know, and the judge is belittling him and telling him he should have known better. And the cop that had the interaction with him, he was up at the front barricades where I never was, but you know, the cop kind of waved him in just, he looked up at his flag. He was a, he had a Marine flag. He looks up, the cop kind of waves him in. And when Tom comes in to listen, maybe he thought he was going to tell him something when he did the cop haymakered him with his left hand, right in his face. Only then for Tom to start swinging his flag because it knocked him out on his feet to at him. Because, I mean, what common sense person, when you get punched in the face, just sits there and says, I'll punch me again, especially when you're not doing anything. So then there was pushing and shoving. Or I guess the police officer pushed him. And then at what point Tom stuck, stuck his thumbs in the cop's eyes and bent him down backwards. That was a picture that was in many newspapers and things like that to make Tom look so terrible. But, you know, here's where it all gets weird. The police officer that did that punched him and then um, was bent backwards, told his superior that he didn't even remember that altercation. Now go figure. Then come to find out this same police officer has many reports filed against him for excessive force. But he's still on the, on the police force. Then, on top of that, six months later, don't quote me on that, I'm not positive exactly how long it was, but it was some time later, that same officer shot a black kid, point-blank range, but right between the eye. He gets under investigation by the police department for, you know, of course, for that incident. It was brought to the attention of the courts right before trial at which time I think they put everything on hold for a time being. Then the government comes out, says, or the police department, I'm not sure which it was, but they came out and said that it was solved and he, you know, it was justified what happened. He's not under investigation. Trial happens, conviction happens, Tom's in prison. There's a paper out there, folks, as of 2023, where that same officer is still under investigation for that same incident. Who lied? And they're able to just get away with this and this is okay? They're manipulating videos, the Jan 6 videos, they're manipulating them now. They're going to black out all the faces so that not to, in chart, to, get in, to incriminate other 
people that were there on January 6th. Oh, that seems so good. We don't want to incriminate anybody. Or could you be blotting out the faces of the feds that were involved in the incidents that were committing the acts of violence? Use common sense, people. This is sick. This is at a level that we've never faced in the United States before. So anyway, you know, I got to meet them and I got to chat with them and and just, you know, Tom, he encouraged me every time I saw him because now he had been to, to the gulag in DC and seen some of the horrendous things where the officers there have American flags on their uniforms. And then they have the black Panther paw over top of the American flag. Politics in, in the justice system is, should not be, it should not be. And uh, he experienced some of the threats to where they were told that they're threatened, that they were going to be beaten up by some of the other prisoners in there as Jan Sixers because they're known as terrorists and white nationalists. And they were the stuff they did to those men and they may still be doing. I don't even know. Wouldn't be surprised. It is disgraceful. This should not be allowed. Where is Congress? Where is Congress? They could be stopping the funding of all these prosecutions of President Trump that are wrongfully happening. They could be stopping the prosecution of American citizens via January 6th that shouldn't be happening. They could stop all these Catholics from being surveyed and monitored, but they aren't. They're not. They're worried more about sending money across the, across the you know, continent across the world in order to be have money funneled back into their pockets. They're crooks. They're the ones that should be surveyed, not us. So anyways, but Tom, man, every single day, he'd have a smile on his face. He'd be happy. And it would just be so hard for me to like, you know, I told him a couple of times, I'm like, man, it's so hard for me to look at you and see you smile because I mean, I feel like, you know, I got 10 days. He's got 10 years. And I mean, what does he have to smile about? I mean, they know these guys know they're innocent. That's, that's, that's the only thing that keeps them their head above water. And by the way, the ones that they, that people think are not innocent, do, do you understand these sentences they're receiving? They don't give these to murderers. Matter of fact, there's murderers in there that didn't get as long as 10 years. So Robert's a great artist, fantastic artist. I'll tell you one of the stories, you know, I, I have multiple stories with him. I, I got to know him probably the best of the two. Um, he's a ping pong guy. They had a ping pong table. Luckily we were able to have some great ping pong battles together. And, uh, he's a great artist. One day he wrote, he made a sketched out a whole, I mean like freehand art, man, it is so good. He's a comic. He restores old comics. And, uh, we were able to, uh, he was telling me, I heard this from another, this was before I got there, but he had drawn, had this drawing, uh, it was just a drawing and he had Jan six on it and it said this and that. And one of the guards there found it and said, not only was, um, that offensive and it had nothing offensive on it, nothing, but she wanted to give him a shot based on the fact that he's a terrorist and writing Jan 6 on a piece of art. Luckily, there was another gentleman that stood in and said, if you do that, I'm, I don't want to really get him in trouble, so maybe I shouldn't get too far in detail what happened, but there was no physical anything threatened or anything like that, but it was just some other stuff and uh, that it would be exposed, and she didn't do it, but I heard that same officer talking to different inmates about her political views, which, by the way, are an abomination to this country. Why are we even here? We don't want to hear what you have to say. Shut up. It's bad enough we got to be in this place and we want to hear your liberal views. What is going on? So anyways, but these men that are in there, you know, every single day, and and that's just another, just a small version of, you know, what goes on and what's gone on in this place. But, um, but those two guys really stuck out to me because I could relate to them. I understood what their charges were. I understood that, you know, 
man, I mean, some of them were so, a couple of them, well, one of the two was berated so bad by the judge. I mean, I just can't, what happened to, I don't know, man. It just, it, it is bad. I guess I really didn't realize how crooked our justice system was. I guess I knew that it wasn't right, but after going through it, I really realized how awful it really is. And man, I mean, just some of those gentlemen that I met in there, you know, the guys in my barrack, I mean, in my unit, as they got to know me and understand that I'm not a hothead, I'm not all these horrible things, I'm not lying about my charges, I really am only there for 10 days, I've never been in before, you know, we got to talking, they understood where I, my values and who I am as a human being. We talked all kinds of things. Of course, all you got in the world is time in there. But, uh, I mean, I became good. What I felt like we know was good friends with a couple of the guys, especially the ones in and around my bunk. And, uh, you know, I didn't look at them the same anymore. All their charges didn't matter to me. And, um, I appreciate that they, I mean, they could have made it really bad on me if they wanted to, they wouldn't. And they did joke with me about this and that. And, you know, just prison talk and stupid things. I, I don't remember if I told you guys, but I ended up getting a prison nickname of short timer. Cause I was there for such a short time <laughs> and, uh, had multiple people come up to me and tell me, you know, they've met some other J sixers. Uh, they love them. You know, they're you guys, we appreciate you guys. And, you get that almost on the regular there and um, because they understood what, what's going on and they understand what's what happened in that election. Only the educated and the intellects, they can't figure out how, how on earth there was any cheating. But that's why they get them in these colleges and Ivy League schools so they can brainwash them and let them know. So anyways, I had a... I had a um, I guess you can call it a short little message here that I want to get to uh, before I close out today. But it is just, it was something that I was going to do on the day after I got out before Thanksgiving. But I just didn't get to it because it just got filled with family things and stuff like that. So um, in regards to that, the title of this short little message is going to be be thankful for what and it's out of the book of psalms and the chapter is psalm 95 and i'm gonna read it to you out of the king new king james and it's something that we can thank god for and be thankful for you know we just passed through thanksgiving time and everybody talks about what they're thankful for and you know you're thankful for this you're thankful for family friends your house all these things you know our lord and savior jesus christ but we can always be thankful for something. We should always be thanking God for things every single day. So I just want to read to you, uh, it's only 11 verses here. And then I want to share to you just a couple points. Uh, but it's, it starts out, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with Psalms for the Lord is the great God. And the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are also, excuse me, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his land. Today, if you will hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me. Though they saw my work, for forty years I was grieved with that generation, and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts. I did a whole podcast before called Giants in the Land, and it comes around that same thing. Even though it looks horrible, and it looks bleak, and it looks like we've lost our country, we've lost all hope. The best is still yet to come. We're going to get out of this. 
Great things are ahead. We were born for such a time as this. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in this world. We're more than conquerors. We're overcomers. We can do it. Good things are ahead. Verse 11, it said, or excuse me, verse 10 says, if I was grieved with, it, grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts. And we are watching and witnessing that right now. And they do not know my ways because they, for the average Christian, you wouldn't know God's ways because you aren't reading his word. Get in the word. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So just some things here I jotted down, seven things on what we could be thankful, what we can thank God for. Number one in verse one, it was his, his gracious salvation. Number two, his surpassing greatness in verse three. For the Lord is the great God. Number three, his creative genius, verses four and five. Number four, his majestic splendor in verse six. Number five, his abundant care in verse seven. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And I have subscriptures for all these, but I just want to get through this. Number six is his persistent warnings. Verse seven through 10. And then number seven, his promised rest, which is in verse 11. They shall not enter my rest. We have that to look forward to. And we ought to be resting in him right now. I just want to encourage everybody today that although we have to deal with all of these things that I've mentioned, all of these trials and tribulations that we're all going through, whether it's loved ones that you're dealing with your family, maybe your family members are the ones I was talking about that they're in jail. Redemption is coming. This can't stand. This is unlawful. This is unjust. I want to leave you guys with three things before I close today. Number one, it says, and I got this from the RFK video, so please go watch it. Don't take my word for all these things. Number one, every power that government takes from the people, it will never give back voluntarily. Every power that the government takes from the people, it will never give back Voluntarily, number two, every power that the government takes, it will ultimately abuse to the maximum extent possible. And number three, nobody ever complied their way out of totalitarianism. Folks, be thankful for all the things that God's given you, for all the good things in your life, and always remember that the best is yet to come for this country and the best is yet to come for each one of you. God bless you guys. Have a great day.